Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Very well, thank yeah. you. Right. You know, we uh, talk a lot about that uh, war overseas. Uh, we're not going to dwell on that today. Maybe it'll go away. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that chance, huh? And uh, also, uh, we don't want people to forget about uh, the greatest hero in uh, bureaucratic history, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> He's still around. I think he was in the news this week. And we're not really going to dwell on him or COVID no, today. Not today. And it says uh, here at Zero Hedge about Fauci. Fauci ditches the White House event over COVID risk, then gets cozy with maskless Don Lemon. Ooh, that ought to be funny. So <laughs> he, he's here up to his old tricks. But I was postulating with you a few minutes ago that uh, I wonder, wonder if anybody carried out polling with him because he was probably at 98% favorables <laughs> a few years ago. <clears throat> My guess is that he's, he's going down. But we're gonna, not going to talk about that the war overseas or the war against Americans over COVID, but we're going to talk about the war against the unborn because yeah. it's going, ongoing. There was a major, major event yesterday when somebody leaked, as it is said to be, leaking a document that uh, would be the outline or the actual wording that could appear in the finding of repealing Roe versus Wade. And that is stirring up a lot. First, the issue is a big deal, uh, you know, whether they get rid of Roe versus Wade. Uh, and, uh, and, and the, uh, the other thing is, is uh, uh, the issue of releasing this information, the material. And the pretense is that uh, the Supreme Court up until now has been sacred, has never failed. For some reason, I, uh, I, I'm a little bit skeptical of that because of, I know uh, how, how Washington works, including Supreme Court justices. <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll hear a lot about that. But uh, then there'll, there'll be the big question about what will this all do to the uh, elections come the fall? And it can't help but have an effect, but I don't think anybody absolutely knows how it's going to happen. Some people say, oh, the Republicans did this. Well, they'll have to explain that to me. Oh, the Democrats did it. There's a little bit of credibility on that argument. But we'll probably learn a lot as it goes along. But the, really the issue is, um, you know, human rights, the definition of life, uh, the issue of abortion and who should do it uh, and permit it and write rules about it. Uh, I think Roe versus Wade was a ter terrible uh, constitutional, uh, you know, uh, 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 finding because uh, it was taking something out of the states and putting it in there for one thing. And I said, well, you know, why are you doing this? Because if you look at all the acts of violence, you know, you have, I bet you, five or ten different uh, uh, descriptions of violence. You, you know, you, you could have uh, the, uh, uh, the injury by another person by, by accident. Uh, you, you, could, uh, you could have first and second degree murder. And there's various things. It was all, it's all held clo closer to home. It's sorted out by courts and it's sorted out by juries, but they don't have a national law. So even when this came out, I, I, this constitutionally was bad. Medically, it didn't appeal to me either because it was talking about what you needed to do to be able to do an abortion in the third trimester. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that, was, that was coming up. But let, let me tell, tell, tell you a little bit about when I first got started seriously thinking about this. It wasn't automatic. 
there wasn't that much discussion, zero discussion, I would say, in grade school, high school, and even in college, and even in medical school. When I was in medical school for four years, I never, I never heard the word abortion. And uh, therefore, the, the issue was, you know, there, it existed, but there was no discussion. But then, you know, I spent uh, uh, t two years in internal medicine and two and a half years in the Air Force. And then I started my medical resident or my residency in OBGYN. And within the first, uh, <clears throat> in the first month or so, it was very early on, I had a, uh, an experience with the uh, uh, head of the department. And, uh, and this was in the mid-60s. I started that residency in 1965. Things had changed from the time I was in medical school, not too many years before that. We had Vietnam War, we had drugs, we had a, a culture that had changed, and <clears throat> we had a lot of people breaking the law, and they were doing abortions. So, so that, was, that was the atmosphere. And I can remember early on, I wasn't using the correct medical language, and the professor, the head of the department, just happened to be there uh, instructing and uh, on an examination of uh, a woman that was getting ready to, pray, uh, ready to deliver, I was being instructed on how you examine the skull and the fontanelles to know exact position, this sort of thing. And I referred uh, uh, to the process as talking about the baby. And immediately the professor said, we don't call it a baby, uh, we call it a fetus. And he did this in a tone of pure scientific correctness. And probably he was, you know, uh, scientifically correct. You're supposed to call it a fetus until it's born. But it, the, the issue just seemed to have stuck with me because to, to me and to others, it looked like a baby and it sure cried another minute or two like a baby. Uh, but it was almost like it had to be different because he was also, that, that professor was also leading the charge at the University of Pittsburgh in doing illegal abortions. They were against the law, but they were down. And in my little booklet on abortion, I talk, I talk about the impression it made on me to uh, walk into a room almost by accident and watching them doing a late abortion. And that's when I really started to, to think about that and had further conversations uh, with, the, uh, with, with the, the department chairman. But uh, the issue today is not only of abortion, because you can't escape it. The issue today is really the, uh, the legality of, of this. Uh, is it a constitutional issue and, and a political is it, it's, a, it's a political issue today. It seems to be mostly um, political, but it's also a big deal if they go to a more constitutional approach of not they're not writing one law and saying thou shalt not have an abortion in any place in this country yeah. they they ruled the way i think was uh that, i mean this so-called ruling is moving it back to the states if they can deal uh if they can deal with uh mur murder and uh other forms of violence at the state level uh what is this is this uh, they want this they do not want this to be an act of violence and they don't want it to be a baby mm -hmm. you, you know it, it has to be uh you it has to be maybe dehumanized in some way because they don't talk about it they don't talk about you know that whole episode of, of roe versus wade they they talked about the woman's right of privacy 
you know, and, and that seemed to be uh, uh, so strange because if you think there's a life or believe or can identify as a human life, uh, why aren't they talking about the rights of the unborn? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do, but that wasn't, that isn't the way that support, that isn't the way uh, Roe versus Wade came about. And that's still the argument, basically. You know, it's fascinating because you, you were in the midst of this. The story you tell is fascinating because you were in the midst of this massive societal change as you were going through medical school, you know. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about what was going on at the time. You mentioned the Vietnam War, and I think the fact that Americans saw this on the screen for the first time, it kind of desensitized right. uh, people to human life. Uh, and then you have the change in terminology, baby, not uh, fetus, not baby, so dehumanizing this. And I just, I wonder not to simplif oversimplify it, but you always talk about how there's a change in society's morality first, and then the government and the laws follow. So I, it almost seems like a perfect fit for your, your philosophy there. Yeah, and, and now <clears throat> the big discussion, uh, and, and the Supreme Court has already responded in trying to soften the confusion that has come, and they're, they're trying to uh, you know, sort it out, catch the guy who yeah. did this. Or, a guy or a woman? Or gal, oh yeah. no, we, I have to watch what pronoun <laughs> am I supposed to it? <laughs> yeah. So, but they they're going to be be looking, and uh, I uh, I sort of suspect that uh, the uh, Supreme Court has not been exactly sacred in uh, pr uh, protecting privacy and secrets of their own court, but I don't think anything like this has happened before and uh, it looks like maybe a few people anticipated this and knew it was coming. Yeah, and the speculation is because this was a draft, it wasn't a final decision, the speculation is that one of the staffers, one of the, because it's apparently according to the draft a five to four decision, one of the 16 uh, clerks, because you each get four, from the dissenting, from the minority view, one of those persons, one of these 16, may have leaked it to the media, to Politico in this case, and that set off this chain of events. But the other speculation that's really interesting is the fact that there seemed to be a very, very well-organized, spontaneous demonstration last night. The police came and they put barricades around the Supreme Court building. It felt like January 6th all over again. And the people showed up with pre-made signs. And in fact, let's, let's run that first video clip if we can. Just 20 seconds of that because this shows you what happened within hours of this leak coming out. It's, it's pretty fascinating. If you can full screen that in. So you see this massive mob here. Uh, all prepared with signs, and I think that spurred, here's an here's a interesting clip, if you just put that first JPEG <coughs> up, that first photograph up, and they have you doing somersaults back there, but um, that inspired this, this was the, um, this was the, uh, uh, Nate Hawkman tweeted, crowd of protesters is growing quickly and pushing toward the barricade that a handful of guards put up earlier tonight. Chance of, chance of fascist scum have got to go, interspersed with the names of the conservative justices of the court. And this is a journalist from the Arizona newspaper. Uh, he commented, seems insurrection-y, <laughs> which is <laughs> a funny word, but it is, it is very fascinating how this has worked out and the fact that it does look like an insurrectionist mob. 
and <clears throat> some people now are trying to figure out <clears throat> who's going to benefit the most. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the uh, Republicans or the Democrats are doing this, but you know it could be that it may it may fizzle. Uh, it, it, maybe there'll be a ruling and it, it won't be quite as big as they think. And my thinking is <clears throat> maybe there are some other events that will just sort of come in because I I used to sort of kid, but there may be some truth to it that. Uh, you, you, you know, people talked about voting from their hearts or voting for, for, uh, from their brain. And I always thought people voted from their belly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and when pe and they do. The, most people admit that when you have inflation and you have shortages, people make that their top issue about food. Yeah. And the world is now talking about distribution of food. And if you don't have a unit of account, you break the whole system breaks down. And that's what's happening. And that could be a, a big thing. And they might, this might be, uh, you know, in three months be pushed aside. They read the ruling or, or whatever. But uh, that doesn't diminish the significance of this because I've always seen this as an issue of uh, constitu deserving constitutional uh, study as well as trying to understand the precise morality of what it means to take a life. And uh, it's an issue that I dealt with as a libertarian because the, uh, when I ran as a libertarian, uh, there were some uh, pro-life, but that wasn't the popular opinion. Matter yeah. of fact, uh, they had uh, uh, something in their platform that I sort of made fun of. They said, well, after uh, 20 weeks, uh, there was going to be a difference. I said, there's not that much difference between 19 and 21. I can't even tell the difference, you know. <laughs> so you, you can't draw these lines like that. So this, um, <clears throat> this is uh, something that they, they, they will uh, do, uh, they will do it and, and, and keep watching it. But uh, I, I, th I think that uh, the uh, people will, uh, you know, continue to make this a, a big issue, and it is. But uh, the, the question is, is uh, how are people going to approach it? Because I think the approach in those, that, that atmosphere that you reiterated in the 60s was different. But uh, we've changed, but we haven't exactly changed for the better yeah. in some quarters. I mean, when you think of the conflict going on in our society today. Yeah. Well, you know, the libertarian idea is to renounce violence, renounce the use of force. You mentioned before the show that in your personal experience, with this issue, the, the actual violence can help convince you of, of the issue. Yeah, it, it was because I saw uh, the results of it. Uh, uh, the, the room that I walked into accidentally, there was a fetus, a baby, by, even according to them, was probably a couple pounds. But the whole thing is, everybody pretended it wasn't there, sitting in a bucket, trying, trying to whimper and, and gasping for air. But it, they pretended that it, it didn't exist. But, uh, but, but, but the other thing that I find fascinating to think about is, 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 is this infant that we're talking about, does it have rights? We know it's alive and we know it's human, but, but the idea that uh, there's a contest going on here that, it, that the fetus baby has no rights. Nobody, you know, really speaks for the baby in a legal sense, and uh, and, and and they just made it legal that it was would, would be determined. And the one thing is, because of the experience I've had with people who have had a tough time with this, 
I have a lot of empathy for some circumstances. You just think of all the conditions, yeah. uh, abortion on demand for social reasons. That's a little bit different and actually the reason most abortions are, are, are carried out. But uh, the uh, one, one other thing is that le I believe it's a legal entity. I believe it's a, a live human entity because I as a physician, if I would have given certain drugs that could have damaged the fetus and there were some drugs that damage the fetus long term. And you could tell, oh, the, ba the baby the doctor gave you, the mother this. And you're liable for that. And, and also, uh, if, uh, if there's an accident and a fetus, a baby is killed in the accident, that driver this committed an act, you know, and, and took a life. So that, uh, uh, you, you know, be very realistic. And the other thing is, is I've seen the defense of people saying, do you know that inheritance rights are determined at the time of conception? Mm, wow. and, and therefore, uh, to say that there isn't any, uh, uh, any, any life there, but uh, no, I, as, as I ran as a libertarian, uh, I, I, you know, continue with my position and said that, uh, you, you know, the, the principle of libertarianism is, is denying the right of initiating violence against somebody else. You can't have your way by using violence. But uh, I said, see, it sounds to me, I've been there. Yeah. I saw this happening and it looked pretty violent to me. And you know, I think, uh, I, I think the number uh, declare themselves libertarian now are uh, more likely to get, at least consider that. And you know, the uh, large number of college kids that came out when I was running uh, they knew my position, yeah. and uh, it was it didn't become an issue and say, oh no, <laughs> they were interested in the Federal Reserve and foreign <laughs> policy and things, but they they didn't say, oh, oh you're not uh, you're not for abortion, so we don't like you. <laughs> well, that didn't happen. Well, we followed a lot of these young people who are not so young people now, and they've got a lot of them have got big families, so obviously it's a common. But back to what's the, the issue at hand, you know, the one argument, and I think it's a valid one, is that. Um, the leak of this, again, is meant to intimidate or to somehow put pressure on those in the majority. It's a five to four. It's very narrow. Some of those that may be wavering, if they see the social unrest uh, that it may produce, they may change their view. And you talk about the political Im implications. You could also look at something where you could re-energize some pretty down-in-the-mouth Democrat voters right now. They don't have a lot to cheer about. Uh, and this kind of thing could be something that be, could be used by the Democratic Party, although the same could be true on the Republican side, uh, at least those on the anti-abortion Republican side. Here's a couple of things about the leak. If we can put up that next one, this is from Paul Joseph Watson in Summit News. The big question is who leaked the Supreme Court opinion, uh, calls for the person responsible to be arrested. Uh, it is a big deal that it was leaked, as you say, probably not the only time. But here's a couple of tweets. Um, here's um, something from the SCOTUS blog, and this is important. He says, they say, it's impossible to overstate the earthquake this will cause inside the court in terms of the destruction of trust among the justices and staff. This leak is the gravest, most unforgivable sin, to which Josh Hammer, a comment commentator, said, probably the greatest violation of unwritten norms in the history of the Supreme Court. And I absolutely guarantee you that the leaker spent years railing against President Trump's undermining of norms. Uh -huh. 
And the other one I want to say is from Jonathan Turley, who we follow very closely. He's always very astute. And he makes a point about the leak. If we can just look at that next one. He makes a point about the leak saying, the fact that some are praising this leak shows how utterly craven we have become in our politics. There appears no ethical rule or institutional interest that can withstand this age of rage. Well you said. know, and that brings up the subject that I've been mentioning more often now is uh, the recognition and understanding what the higher law is, because that's a little bit above uh, the U.S. Congress and uh, the way things are run, or the Supreme Court. Uh, there is a moral standard a little bit, a little bit higher, and uh, also uh, it, it's in contest with a nihilistic belief uh, where you can't know the truth. So. People, people who support this are, are, are individuals say, well, we don't know the truth, which is the foundation of, uh, of all dictatorships and, uh, you know, Nazism and especially communism and all these things. They say that, uh, uh, you know, we don't, uh, uh, you, you can't know the truth. There's no objective way of find, finding the truth. So therefore, we establish the truth and it's arbitrary as they please. And that's, that's what's going on, really, uh, this, this whole thing. And, uh, you know, one, one thing is so arbitrary about this whole thing is, uh, you know, uh, the, the old saying, the, the pro-abortion pro people, keep your hands off my body, yeah. you, you know, which sounds like a pretty good idea. And I, uh, I understand that, but I also understand the complexity uh, of this. And, uh, and yet, they don't, they, that isn't the point at all. It's abortion. It's making abortion, you know, uh, socially acceptable because these, these individuals who say, keep your hands off my body and let me do what I want with my pregnancy uh, are, are the same ones who, uh, who, who say, well, um, we think it's a good idea that you, you, you get your shots and uh, I, uh, I want to force you to do it. Yeah. And they, they beg and plead for the government. Same people who say, keep your hands off my body. They're, they're some of the worst in dictating how your life should be led. And then it comes down to all the, not only the physical thing, but down to book, book reading and education and everything else. They want total control of the individual except... Uh, for th for this one item, uh, it's not a. That's why it has to be nihilistic, and the fetus doesn't exist. It's not alive. It's not a human being. And otherwise, see that was that's been one of the shortcomings of this whole debate because it was it was narrowed down uh, when when the ruling came out in '73. Uh, it was uh, it was, you know, it still said. Uh, although they mention other things, it was still said it, it was, uh, you know, doing it for me because the Constitution guaranteed the privacy of the woman. Well, uh, privacy, I think, is a very good idea. We're fighting for yeah. it all the time. Yeah. But that particular word or that position, possession uh, didn't, didn't exist. The other thing that, that is up, puts us up against the wall on all of this is that the people who are nihilistic and uh, don't have guidance, they say that the Constitution was written that if it's not prohibited, we can do it. Yeah. Instead of saying, what does the Constitution permit? Article 1, Section 8 is a good lead. What does the Constitution permit to Congress and thus the President and everybody else? What can they do? But they turn it on its head, which means they can do anything they want because there's not a precise, definite prohibition against it. That's why I think 
eventually, if we want a better society, it's going to be individual morality that will make the difference. And uh, But we should do our best we can to get those people who are in charge of the laws to try to understand that to us, at least to some degree. Now you make a good point that they had to make the argument, it's not alive, it's not human, therefore you can just you know get rid of this problem. Ironically, this is where the actual science has stepped in, and I think that's changed a lot of people's views about abortion, and that's things like the 4D imaging, and in fact, put up that next clip, and this is just an example of 4D imaging that's available. This is, an, this is a company that provides this service, and they're advertising how amazing the detail is. This is a nine-week-old fetus using a 4D ultrasound equipment. Very, very obviously, the argument that it's not alive and not human is very heavily undermined, even at nine weeks, with this incredible imaging. Interesting that that, I think, has started to drive has been driving the change in views. You, you know, Bernard Nathanson uh, was an atheist, uh, born into a, a Jewish home, and he was the chief abortionist in the 60s. He had a clinic where they did thousands mm. of, of abortions, and uh, he finally became pro-life. Mm. He, he converted to Catholicism, became pro-life, and it was the exactly what you looked there that's what converted them it was the ultrasound wow. so you know i had an ultrasound in my office and uh i would um you know if they were had me a problem i said would you would you like to get an ultrasound i said oh yeah okay and it, it makes a difference if yeah. uh, because you can see the heart beating and all this and, and then it becomes a it still is a tough it's a tough call for some people and you can understand it but the the toughest thing is is what if you have a 15 year old that's that's pregnant terrified hasn't told anybody and then she delivers and doesn't know what to do and she knows that uh, so many people they get abortions all the time the, the moral standard had already been set, but if she does something, then then they pretend she's a criminal. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a it's a deeply moral issue, and it's a scientific issue, and uh, that 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 is uh, something that. Uh, didn't happen it didn't happen before i went to medical school yeah. you know it was it, it really well the problem was always there abortion is known throughout history but now technology moved it along and they started doing more but now you're you're suggesting which is a good suggestion that technology in a way that's probably what i was doing with by saying would you like to have an ultrasound you know they look at it and i had one patient once that uh was um, you know interested and I said well we don't do that here and uh, she went to a off to another town and uh, they they did they did an ultrasound and she had twins mm. on the ultrasound and she canceled <laughs> so I thought well that's great yeah but there, there was something emotionally that was just too, too much for you know to think that that she has, has twins there and uh, so it, it is it's a very emotional legal and uh, political uh, thing that doesn't exist very often to be so so complex but I, I still believe in the principle of a higher law most people know right and wrong uh, and and yet there's a lot of people who become nihilistic and then they psychologically can adapt because uh, a lot of there were some people in that congress 
had no guilt. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had no guilt about what they were doing. No money. How many people that right, you know, you, you know, the right to abortion and what what's going on overseas and all the appropriations for the killing to the tens of thousands, you know, uh, so that's, that's a mixed bag that uh, needs sorting out. And I'm going to finish off by just making a statement of saying that, you know, ultimately the laws, we deal with them, we try to make them confirm to the Constitution and, 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 and for a moral basis. But ultimately, you know, the politicians aren't going to solve this. It, it will be a moral issue. For instance, uh, you know, in very early pregnancy, you know, even up to four or five weeks, uh, the day after pill or taking a pill, especially the first week or two, it is, it is unknown. The patient doesn't know if she's pregnant. The doctor doesn't know. The lawyers don't know. The police don't know. It's strictly a moral issue. It's, and that's easy to say in the very, very early stages, but for some reason they've transferred, uh, tra transferred that to all of nine months to the point where they were doing abortions on, on fetuses that old. But it is going to be an individual moral issue and the government's uh, you know, legal system will reflect, uh, reflect the, uh, you, you know, the moral attitude of the people and that makes a difference. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't try your best to have laws make sense on a moral basis. It just means that uh, the responsibility does fall on all of us as individuals to try to live in a moral way and get other people to agree with you. And uh, do you have a? And I, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. This program was a little bit different than than others, but it is a big issue. It's something that I. Uh, it's the only booklet I've written uh, in a sense twice. I wrote it. I wrote it one time, long time ago. It was very, very small. And then I thought I have some more other other statements to make about it, so I rewrote it and expanded a little bit. But uh, anyway, I'm, I want to thank you for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.